0: You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. This is part three of our series on content marketing. And in this lesson, I'm going to show you a five-step process to get started with content Now, if you're not yet convinced that you need to get started with content, then please go back and listen to part one of this series where I made the basic case for content marketing, where I explained why you as a professional services firm need to take content marketing very seriously. And also, while you're at it, listen to part two, where I told you the story of two different firms, one firm who took content marketing very seriously and the other that didn't. And you'll see why those two firms ended up with very, very different results because of that one difference. But if you're already with me and you're convinced and you're ready to get started and try this content marketing thing, then stick with me because I'm gonna help you out in this lesson. Before we get into it though, if you haven't yet joined us inside, our free course on the five Ps of lead generation for professional services firms. You don't want to check that out right now. Inside the course, I will show you a proven step-by-step process to generate a flood of new business for your firm. And you can join us inside the course at no charge at 5leadgen.com. You can spell out five or use the number. Either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. let's dive into this five-step process. Now, this is assuming that you haven't really done a whole lot of content marketing before. Maybe you've written some blog posts, you've dabbled a bit here and there, but you haven't really gone through any kind of consistent strategic content marketing process. So here's what I want you to do. Step one is to make a list of all the questions that are on your buyer's mind. See, the goal of content marketing is simply to build a bridge for the buyer. You want to build a bridge from the point at which the buyer realizes that they have a problem, but they're not really sure what to do about it, to the point where they've now decided that they want to hire you. That's your bridge, right? So on one side of the bridge, the buyer knows they have a problem, not really sure what to do about it. At the other side of the bridge, they're ready to sign, not with anybody, but with you. So in this first step, I want you to list all of the questions that a buyer would have between those two points. While they're walking that bridge, what are the questions that are on their minds? And this should not be difficult for you. These questions should be top of mind because they're the same questions that come up over and over again before you close a deal. That when you meet a new prospect, they're the same questions that they ask in that first meeting. They're the same questions that they ask when they're considering their options and trying to make a decision. They're the same questions that they ask in the negotiation phase of a proposal. So that's the first step. Make a list of all those questions and go for volume. Try to make a list of as many questions as possible. Step two is to find an engaging way to answer those questions, or put a little bit differently, to find a human way to answer those questions. Because look, it's not enough to just answer questions. You have to be engaging when you do it. You have to be human when you do it. You have to be relatable when you do it. And remember, and we talked about this in part one of this series, is that when you put out content, your content is competing with some of the best and most professional media publications out there. And I don't mean to say that to scare you, but I do mean to say that you can't be boring, you can't be stuffy, you can't be corporate, you can't kind of crawl into a little shell and just answer the question and hope for the best. And that's definitely the temptation that people have, and I see this all the time, not only with myself, because I definitely do this, but also with clients, is that when we get into a video studio and we're about to do a shoot, I have clients that are otherwise very, very relatable, very personable, very engaging people when you talk to them one-on-one, but when the cameras are rolling, they freeze up. You know, and I joke with them that they have an alter ego, you know, when when the cameras are rolling and the lights are on, there's a different personality, there's a different version of themselves that comes out and they feel like they have to be very professional, they have to be very refined, they have to be very corporate because if they're not, if they don't project this very professional image, then nobody will want to do business with them because they'll look like amateurs. But in fact, the exact opposite is true. That if your personality, if your authentic voice doesn't come out in your content, then your content's going to be bland. It's going to be boring. It's going to be the kind of stuff that you find on big firm websites that nobody wants to read. And this is something that always gets me because small firms, boutique firms, have a really, really huge competitive advantage over big firms in that you have a personality, you're human, you're just a handful of people or a handful of partners who are the face of your firm as opposed to your big firm competitors who have tons of people and therefore are pretty faceless and pretty nameless. They have brands that are stuffy and boring and very corporate, but you have a brand that's human. And if you try to sound like one of those big stuffy corporate brands, you're just flushing your biggest competitive advantage down the toilet. So look, I'm not saying you have to be the funniest person in the world. Lord knows I'm not right. What I am saying is that you have to be yourself. You have to craft your own style and find your own voice. And the truth is there's really no shortcut here. The simplest way to do this is to get started, is to start writing, start podcasting, start shooting video, whatever format you choose. And we're going to get to that in the next step. Start doing it and start getting comfortable with the medium. Ultimately, it's an issue of comfort. In the beginning, you're going to be a little bit reserved, you're going to be a little bit buttoned up, and that's natural. And if you listen back to the first episodes of this podcast, you're going to find that I was very buttoned up. I was very tense, and I probably still am, but but not as much as I was in the early days. Step three is to choose a medium that you can stick with, and you have three broad options here. You've got text, you've got audio, and you've got video. Now, text can mean blog posts on your website, it can mean articles on other websites like guest blogging, or it can mean articles on sites like LinkedIn or Medium and so on. Audio is typically a podcast like this one, but audio can either be a monologue podcast like the one I'm doing right now, or an interview-based podcast where you go and you interview other thought leaders, experts, or even clients in your space. And video is video, usually on YouTube where it'll get discovered, but then also on your website and on social media. Now there's no easy way to pick between these three formats. Ultimately, there's room for all three of them in your content mix, but that's probably getting ahead of ourselves. So if you're new to producing content, if you haven't really dabbled in any of these before, my suggestion is to pick the one that you can most easily get started with. So if you're most comfortable writing, start writing. If you're most comfortable speaking, start with audio or video. Do whatever you're most comfortable with because ultimately the content itself the message, the things that you're saying matter far more than the format or the medium. Focus on getting the content right and the rest will follow. And remember, whatever you choose to start with, you can then repurpose that content for another medium when you're ready. For example, I've been podcasting now for a few months and I believe this lesson is pushing episode 40. I'm not sure exactly, but it's it's high 30s. We're almost at 40. And what I have now is I've got 40 podcast lessons that are all potential articles. Each of these lessons can be transcribed and it can be edited and repurposed into an article. So when I decide to produce more articles, more text content, although I've done that in the past, but if I decide to do it again, then I've got a really strong base of content here that I've already created. And then there's video that when I decide to start doing more videos, and I've already started actually, I now have all this content that I can repurpose into video. And in fact, I began with that end in mind. So when I sat down and, and built this structure for my podcast, I said, look, I'm gonna do a three episode format every week and every week there will be a theme and I'll have three lessons within that theme, right? And they'll be fairly shorter episodes, but they'll fit together within that theme. And now what I have is I have all the raw data and the raw content for me to then produce a video on each of those themes. So content marketing could be one video, could be three videos, positioning, messaging, target market, and so on and so forth. But the point here is just get started with whatever format, whatever medium you are most comfortable with. Because the last thing that you wanna do is to fiddle with the medium at the expense of communicating valuable content. Your focus in the early days should be on getting the right message out there, getting comfortable with the content and what you're saying, not getting used to being on camera or getting used to some new medium that you're not used to. The third step is to figure out where to put your content, and that's based on where your customers are. There's no sense in creating content if nobody can find it. And the mistake that people make here all the time is they create all this content and much of it's very good. And then they put that content on their website, but nobody goes to their website. (laughs) Their website is not something that people typically pull up. It's not anybody's homepage, is it? So on the one hand, it's good to put that content on the website because when you have a buyer who's heard of you and it's considering hiring you and they go to your website, they find all that content, that's valuable, but it's not good from a discovery perspective. No one's gonna find you through that content if it's only on your website. So in addition to putting content on your website, you also wanna put content in other places that'll get in front of your buyers. A Couple of easy examples. One is industry publications. So if there are large publications or large blogs in your industry on your topic, you can consider submitting a guest article. And most of these publications are actually run on guest-driven submissions. They might have some columnists who are regular producers, but they almost always accept other submissions from guest writers. So that's a very easy way to get your content in front of a larger audience and then link back to your website. The second thing you can do, and this is actually much more accessible and easy to get started with, is publish on LinkedIn. But if you have an audience on LinkedIn, and if you don't have an audience on LinkedIn, you should certainly build one either way, but put your content on LinkedIn so that other professionals that you're connected with, and even those that you're not connected with, can have access to that content because they're on LinkedIn. They're not on your website, but they're on LinkedIn. And the fifth and final step is to commit to a schedule. Commit to a schedule that you can work with, something that you can follow through on for the foreseeable future. I would recommend taking this one quarter at a time. So like the next 12-week period, ask yourself, how much content can I create and release in the next 12 weeks? And don't feel forced or obliged to do something weekly. It doesn't have to be weekly. And I've got a client who is an engineer. He's got his own engineering firm, and he produces these Very, very detailed, very, very technical articles that really each one could be a report on its own. And he publishes these on LinkedIn. And when I first said, hey, why don't you do this weekly? He laughed because there's so much effort that goes into each of these articles that it's just impossible to do weekly. And it's actually not even a good idea because they're so dense that he finds that he gets consistent traction and attention for those articles for two to three weeks. So it actually wouldn't make sense to do it weekly because you'd then be shortcutting the potential that each piece has. So in his case, he's publishing monthly. But I do think that is kind of an upper limit, that you want to be somewhere in that weekly to monthly range. Weekly is good. More than that, especially if you're just getting started, it's probably not advisable. Monthly would be kind of the least I wouldn't do any less than monthly because part of the point of content marketing is to remain top of mind and to remain relevant and to be consistent. And it's hard to develop that consistency and that relevancy and that top of mind awareness if you're not publishing at least monthly. And then, you know, somewhere in between might be bi-weekly. But generally, I think for most people, weekly or monthly are two pretty good options to start with. So those are the five steps that will hopefully help you get started with content marketing. But there is one bonus step here, and I alluded to this in the previous conversation, and that's to begin with the end in mind. There's no doubt that this content marketing process and the process of creating and distributing content is a ton of work. So you want to make sure that you're getting as much value out of this process as possible. And one way to do that is to repurpose your content as much as you can. So what I recommend doing here is to think in quarterly chunks, to think in 12-week chunks, and to aim to have one big piece of content released every 12 weeks. And by big piece of content, I mean things like white papers, reports, courses, video series, big pieces of cornerstone content that topically are very laser targeted at the issues and the problems that your buyers are facing, but are also big enough, heavy enough to really make a splash and get people's attention. So for example, let's say that you decide that you're going to write a detailed technical white paper every quarter. The way I would do that is I wouldn't then go and write a white paper and then also publish on your blog and on LinkedIn separately. That's two different streams of work, and that's probably not sustainable, especially if you don't have a lot of experience with this. So what I would do there is I would begin with the end in mind. If you say this quarter I want to produce this white paper and here's the topic, then what I would do is I'd break down that topic into chapters. And then I'd identify the, you know, 8 to 10 or 12 articles that you could write that will then feed into that white paper. So then what you do is over the next eight to 12 weeks, you write those articles and you publish them on your website or on LinkedIn. And when all is said and done, you bring those articles together and you repurpose them into a white paper. So by the end of the quarter, you've gotten all the benefits of producing regular content and publishing it for your audience to see. But you've also gotten a big piece of cornerstone content out of it. And that same basic methodology can be used for white papers reports courses videos you name it so that's a wrap on this lesson and this entire series on content marketing this is a topic that i think in particular will will generate a lot of questions so if you do have questions about the content marketing process because there are a lot of moving pieces here and i understand that and i couldn't really address everything in these three lessons so if you do have questions feel free to shoot me a message. You can go to boutiquegrowth.com slash ask and you can submit your questions there and I'll try to address those questions in future lessons, maybe even some Q&A episodes on the show. So that's all for now. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, do us both a favor, head over to iTunes, search for forecast marketing, find the show, hit subscribe and while you're at it, leave us a rating and a review because it helps more people discover the show. Thank you so much for listening.